You're listening to the Scaling Culture Podcast, where we sit down with thought leaders who share their experiences building incredible workplace cultures. Our guest today is Kathleen Navarro, Senior Vice President, Head of Talent Management and Chief Diversity Officer at New York Life Insurance. At New York Life Insurance, Kathleen has held a variety of roles across finance, strategy, operations, and now HR, DEI, and culture. She's been recognized as a top 10 champion of global diversity by Diversity Global, top executive in corporate diversity by Black Enterprise, top 50 chief diversity officer by the National Diversity Council, and included on the most powerful and influential women list by the National Diversity Council. In this episode of Scaling Culture, Ron and Kathleen discuss Kathleen's 28-year journey at New York Life, how 176-year-old company transitioned from full staff on-site to 96% work from home during the pandemic, New York Life's strategies to maintain strong culture and relationships remotely, how the company adapted their traditions to the new reality and how they help people to stay connected, and return to work 2-3 strategy and other 2022 opportunities for New York Life. Before diving into today's episode, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our Scaling Culture Masterclass, the eight-module playbook on how to build and sustain a resilient, high-performing team, covering all things culture, from creating and activating core values and culture-driven screening and onboarding to building relationships, change management, and operating as a team. To learn more or purchase the Masterclass, please go to scalingculture.org. Now, on to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Scaling Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Lovett, and today I've got with us Kathleen Navarro. Kathleen, welcome. Hi, Ron. Thanks uh, for inviting me to be here. Yeah, I was I was excited, um, you know, because we've had such, you know, different guests from from different walks of life. But I, I I'll tell you what what I was excited about uh, with having you on is you come from a very old company, right? I mean, head of talent management, chief diversity officer at New York Life Insurance Company. So New York Life Insurance, this is like it's like 175, 176 years old. That's right. We celebrated our 175th anniversary in 2020, the year that the um, pandemic hit. And it's interesting. A lot of people have, you know, an impression of a 175 plus year old insurance company mutually held. And um, I think that impression is often not what it's really like to be at a company like New York Life. What I say is, you know, we wouldn't get to 177 this year if we weren't um, an innovative, forward-thinking company, right? Like we need to be doing all the things that um, you see our competitors doing to stay, you know, top in the market, to be um, continuing to support our business, support the number, grow the number of lives that we're helping to protect through our insurance products. So it's really actually um, a pretty cool company to be at. Well, I guess so, because from what I can tell, you've been there for almost 28 years. Yes, yes, I know. Right? I don't like doing the math on that one, but yes. So I'm, you started work at, at the age of four, which really is interesting. That's yes. that's child labor, actually. <laughs> it sure is. Um, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, 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 you know, it's, I, I find that impressive, you know, um, obviously mm-hmm. you're, you're quite young. And so you had been there. It's, I feel like you started your career there. Am I wrong? I uh, actually worked um, at one other place for just a couple of years. So I was very early on in my career when I fortunately landed at New York Life. I really didn't know much about the company. I did have some of those preconceived notions 
Um, but I thought it would be a good place for me to go and kind of figure out what I wanted to do next and be a springboard to, to something else. And what I realized was I was super fortunate to land at a company like New York Life. And what's kept me at the company for, you know, gosh, two and a half plus decades is, is the culture and the people and, you know, the, um, the environment that we're in. You know, we, we provide a social good. It permeates through everything that we do. And I've had a really fortunate um, experience. Like I've been able to be in a number of roles. I've had a very diverse career. I continue to develop and stretch myself even after all of these years. When I joined Human Resources in 2015 as the Chief Diversity Officer, that was my ninth department at the company. So I was able to move around and grow and learn and really be able to experience all that without having to, to leave the company. Well, you know, I look, I want to explore that a little bit because I, I find that quite interesting. I think in total, it, it shows on LinkedIn 13 positions. So, so another four since you, you moved from HR, but you started in like accounting accounting control consultant, yeah. right? That's where yeah. you started. So, yeah. so this is an interesting topic because I think that uh, it speaks well to the company that says, look, let's, let's figure out your path. And, and, you know, I'm sure that there's gotta be a mindset that says where you start's not where you're going to end, but let's help you find that. And hopefully if it's here, you can stay. If not, maybe we help you find something uh, elsewhere, but how does that look internally? What did that look like? Cause you went from accounting and you moved from that. Like, do you talk with a senior leader and say, I'm not feeling this. I'd like to try that. Walk, walk me through. Sure. Um, so, so for me, um, early on, when I first started at the company, I was in a, in a division called the group department and we had sold at the time group health insurance. And that got spun off to a subsidiary called Nile care health plans, which was eventually bought by Aetna. And that experience very early on in my career really helped me recognize that, you know, change leads to opportunity. Change isn't scary. I am somebody who is more inclined towards change. So I think I may have found that path, but having those experiences early on really helped me to um, explore opportunities and take chances. And some of it was, um, I posted for a couple of roles. We have a, a very, um, you know, robust posting program, all of our roles are posted. And um, we also even have an internal mobility specialist. We didn't have that at the time when I was coming up in the organization, but we actually focus in on helping employees um, seek opportunities at the company. But for me at the time, you know, I, I made a lot of connections. I had a big network because I had moved into a couple of different roles early on in my career, which really helps, right? Having that network understanding where there are opportunities, doing the postings. And when I posted, the, the first time I posted, I posted for a lateral move. No one posted for lateral moves back then, right? right. People were always only posting to move up in the organization. And I needed, I needed a change and I um, posted for this role and my friends thought I was crazy. Everyone said, you know, why are you doing it? And it was the best roles, the best move I made because I wound up connecting with, it was a role that really exposed me to a lot of areas, which then helped me move into my next role. And so it was a little bit of me being proactive, uh, having this extensive network, which at the time, again, like I just, I didn't know that I was building this network. It was just, right. you know, this is what I did, right? And like, I, I connected with people and I, I was able to um, 
lean into to those folks to help. And then as I as I did this and my experiences became more broad and opportunities opened up, then I had people coming to me saying, hey, you know, this we have this position that we think, you know, you might be a good fit for. Are you interested? And I pretty much, you know, I jumped at everything that was offered. Right. I, I didn't shy away from moving around and taking on a challenge that that, you know, I may have had to, to learn, you know, on the on the road, on the job. So, so it sounds like it started with, you know, you applying and then people saying, oh, wow, Kathleen's up for a challenge. She's a go getter. Let's let's if something comes mm-hmm. up, you know, let's talk to her. And it sounds like that kind of naturally happened because my, my question was knowing what you know today or looking back or, or looking at other companies, because what you talked about could be someone leaving the company in a lot of cases, you know, posting for a job that's outside. What do you sure. think based on your knowledge today, Kathleen, people can do to continue to tap into talent to say, Hey, what do you want next? Are you happy in this job? You know, what should that conversation look like? Is there a process around it? What are your thoughts? So of course, this is a, a topic we've had a lot of um, interest in, particularly in the current environment, right? right? And I think it's it's really about that communication. It's about having a formal pro. We have formal processes during we during our check-ins. We do three check-ins a year. Our second check-in is expressly focused in on career development, career what people are interested in their career. So it gives it gives employees and managers really that platform to ensure that they really are talking about this if it doesn't happen in the normal course of, you know, the interactions. But hopefully, you know, managers are asking and employees are actually bringing it up as well. You have to have an environment that um, makes it comfortable and safe to talk about it, right? Because it, and it wasn't always, you know, when I first posted and I, going back years ago, it was, you know, it, you didn't have the same resources and tools. I mentioned our internal mobility specialist. Just by the mere fact that we have a full-time dedicated employee whose sole job it is, is to help employees at New York Life explore opportunities, shows the commitment to our employees that, that. they want you to stay here. We want you to explore different things. It's not about like, you know, sure, you have um, some people choose to be deep subject matter experts and stay in sort of their the, the, the division they're in or the function they're in and, and you know, become um, stronger there. Others want to explore their, uh, other opportunities. So having that ability, um, I think, really, you know, socializes it and makes it comfortable for people. Well, let me explore this. So, so this is very interesting. I had a conversation yesterday with a staff member who called me and said, you know, Ron, I, I don't, um, I love the company. And I've, I've had this happen a few times, actually. I love the company, love the team, love leadership, love what we're doing. Don't know if I love what I'm doing, right? And, 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 you know, the first thing I wrote when you were talking was safety. Obviously, this person felt safe, comfortable enough to, to bring this to the CEO. That, that, you know, that's, courage or it used to be courage. Now, maybe it's just, it's par for the course. I think if you're checking that box and, and, and creating the right environment. And so of course, you know, we started off just saying, you know, what are your interests, et cetera, et cetera. And, and there was a lot of, look, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. And so my, um, my counsel, I guess, to this individual was, why don't you take a week and kind of journal, write down what, what are the things that you do that are giving you energy? And what are the things that are draining your energy? What are the conversations you're involved with, the interactions, the, 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 you know, the things at work? And, and, and let's meet in a week and, and let's go through that. And that might tell us a story. 
And, and I ended that by saying, and look, if, if that story connects somewhere internally in the company, then great, let's make that happen. If it doesn't, then let's make it happen somewhere else for you, you know? And so just being, you know, what are your thoughts on, on how I stick handle that? Was there, you know, do you, do you like that strategy? Does it make sense? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, pretty impressive. And I think he's lucky to have and fortunate to have you right as, as a boss who's providing that guidance. It was Not a she, every, but I won't, I won't oh, say who she, she is. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I thought you had said he, so I, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, so, you know, having that, being able to, to first of all, have the relationship to be comfortable, but then for right. the advice that you gave to me, that's spot on, right? It's helping people. It, the hardest thing for folks sometimes is figuring out what they, um, you know, what they want to do. Not everybody knows what their interests are. I, I can say I'm one of those people, right? I never, I never had a clear path. I never set my mind on, I want to be in HR. I want to be the chief diversity officer. Actually, when I first started at the company, you know, that wasn't even, you know, wasn't an option. And so, um, trying to, to, you know, give that guidance, I think the, the points that you made on being self-reflective, Right. And about, you know, what gives you energy, where you, you know, where you find your, your happiness is, is important. One of the things that we do, and we just expanded this, um, we, we recently uh, evolved our Office of Diversity and Inclusion into our DEI Center for Awareness and Advocacy. And the advocacy piece is where we're really expanding on how we're supporting employees. Not every manager is as skilled as you are. You know, we hope, we try to train and, and, but not everyone knows exactly how to give that guidance. And so having coaches who can really offer that and give the ability to um, be a sounding board, be an impartial sounding board, or to be able to give guidance or help employees do assessments to help them understand, you know, is really critically important. So this advocacy piece is people can sign up. We started this new program where Employees can sign up for an hour with a, um, a certified coach, an in-house coach, who can help just get, get the individual mm. sort of on the path, right? It's not a traditional coaching engagement. But it's, it's almost like the guidance counselor in, in school, right? You used to go see the guidance counselor, say something's wrong here, and they would guide you a little bit, ask you a bunch of questions. It reminds me of that. It, it, yes, that's actually one of the things we thought of when we were, you know, um, sort of evolving this and structuring this. Yeah. Well, that, that, I love that. I think that's great. And, and, it, and it feels like in some places, you know, HR in a smaller company might be playing that role or, or a good use of their time. If an HR manager might be a good coach or being able to guide and something maybe for them to think about. But, but back to you, once you were going through this process, what spoke to you to get involved in the people side? Because that's different than accounting. It's different than a lot of what you did, but obviously something spoke to you after 27 years almost 28, you know, being involved in the role that you're at today. And, and, and you know, because there's it, obviously what you're doing, there's a huge strategic component. So to me, if you're doing strategy, you're, you are passionate. So I'm, I would argue that you're passionate about what you're doing today. What drove you there? What was the pull to, did you have an aha moment of, it's time to really, I, I love this people thing. It's speaking to me. You know, I did. I, there was an inflection point. I mean, I was always in roles um, that, connected me to people. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy, I get my energy for interacting with people. 
I became the co-chair of our women's initiative, our employee resource group that supports women in 2012. And I was co-chair for three years. And that really um, was an eye-opening experience for me. It was up until that point, I would say, probably the most um, meaningful you know, experience. I saw the direct impact of the work we were doing and how we were supporting the, the, our, um, my female colleagues, but also my male colleagues and helping them be able to be allies and support you know, the, the broader New York life um, community. And that really sparked, um, I'd say, uh, a, a, a new interest and uh, around diversity and not only you know, supporting women, but supporting all of our you know, colleagues. And then at the same time, I was in a role that um, I was heading up uh, product compliance and operations for our life department. And I had, um, in, in working with the, the leader of the department, I had started to get more involved in HR initiatives. So I was really sort of the HR point person and became really engaged on HR matters, employee engagement, thinking about, you know, um, onboarding, communications, uh, a whole host of, um, you know, different uh, knowledge transfer, a whole host of different HR type matters. And so that really, like, it, it sort of converged as I was working with the women's initiative and leading the employee resource group. And as I was, I was working much more closely with HR and really getting uh, deeper into, into that, it it just becoming chief in 2015, the opportunity opened up to um, move into the chief diversity officer role. And that was, it was just such an amazing opportunity and amazing next step for me. And so moving into that and moving into HR, I was able to really then sort of get, get, get much, you know, obviously much deeper and, and um, broader in, in my impact and what I was working on. And it just, I feel incredibly fortunate. The path I've taken has been, you know, very windy, but I think, and I, in some respects, I, I, when I reflect back, I think, gosh, cause I really felt like I found a home in HR. Although I would say if you had asked me at any of those other departments along the way, I probably, I would have said the same thing. Like I've loved every role I've had, but I do feel like it was different with HR. And I thought, I've thought back and thought, you know, how about if I had made it like I had made my way to HR earlier in my career, because this really does seem to be, you know, it's such a, a great fit. But then I've realized, like, if I didn't have all those other experiences, I wouldn't have been able to be the HR leader that I am. Like being able to understand, being in the business, understanding the business of New York Life, having all of those connections, like all of that has really those experiences really helped me in um, transitioning to the new role. And wonderful you that you were able to do that in one company, because typically this mm -hmm. story is I went from this company, that company, this company took those experiences. And so, so it's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's gotta be a proud moment for New York life to be able to facilitate that type of journey. Right. And, well, and, you know, let me, let me yeah. just tell you this. Yeah. Um, our CEO elect, Craig DeSanto, who will be um, moving into the CEO role in April, he started out as a summer intern at the company. Wow. So I think that shows, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I was thinking when you were talking, we had recently had Whitney Johnson on who 
wrote uh, Smart Growth and she talks about that S curve that they talk about business in people growth and the beginning of the S curve being the, the place where you're just, it can be frustrating at times because you have a blindfold on, you're learning lots. There's you, there's more about what you don't know than what you do know. Um, and but it, But that's where the dopamine hits and you're excited, you finally hit your stride and then you're you know, you're off to the races before you hit that kind of mastery place that in some cases isn't a good place to be because then sometimes you know too much and you're not as curious anymore. But it mm -hmm. sounds like you've stayed, you know, when I think back to what she talks about the S-curve, you've stayed in that, in that center point of getting in your groove, really enjoying things, continuing to learn because a lot of things that you were talking about are progressive topics that it, I, I feel like there wasn't a playbook. So how did you navigate through without having a playbook, you know, in, in a lot of these topics, diversity, you know, 10 years ago as you know, it's, it, it's even, it's, it's still a new topic today. And so these were new topics for you. How did you, how did you navigate through? One, um, definitely leaning into my network and my colleagues, right. And it's been, um, you know, having that support, being able to reach out to people, knowing what you don't know, right? And asking questions and being curious. You know, you, you mentioned curious. I think that is, you know, incredibly important. Um, you know, making connections across, having, so having that ability, having had worked across New York life, was able to connect the dots with right. a lot of, you know, what was right. going on, right? And that really, um, I think, helped us and having a very strategic eye towards, towards it. You know, with and, our, and, and an understanding, like, you know, not just the dots and connecting relations, but you, you would have an understanding of what it was like to work in that department with those people. And right. Like what, a, what a really great uh, knowledge base to have entering into a role like that versus coming in fresh. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that, and that was what I was alluding to earlier. Like if I hadn't had all those experiences, right. I wouldn't have been able to really move into the role the way I did. Uh, and then a couple of years into the role, we uh, made the, the strategic decision to uh, embed DEI into talent management, and I became the head of talent management and you know the chief diversity officer because we recognized you know I was working very closely with my talent management colleagues and recognizing that DEI needs to be embedded in all that we're doing. Right, it's not something you do separate or on the side. And so that also then gave me the opportunity to continue to learn and grow and, you know, 25 plus years, you know, into my career. Right. So that's, I think being um, willing to take on opportunities, being willing to take some risks, right. Um, and continuing to push yourself because people can get complacent. Totally. Can get I want to, right? I want to point out something you said, which, which I don't know if everyone uh, has the insight to, which is diversity inclusion has to be incorporated in everything that you do. Those were your words that you said, and, and, and you're so right versus, you know, I think in some cases people are like, no, we've hired Tony and Tony will deal with all of the diversity inclusion problems or Mary over there. No, this is everyone's problem. And we all have to have the lens um, to, to, you know, to move to in, in the right direction. I think you're so spot on with that, that it's almost like, you know, and this has moved so fast, but even HR, I don't, I think HR is everyone's business now. It's not just the yeah. HR department, right? right. Uh, that's really interesting. So let's, um, let's chat about the pandemic. You know, you've got an old company, things move fast. You guys had to pivot quickly. How did you, you know, you know, how did you continue to develop talent and, and relationships during a time like that? Sure. You know, um, 
really interesting times, right? The pandemic hits, uh, we, and, and we're an older company, as we've mentioned, and our, and prior to the pandemic, you know, we're very relationship oriented. And prior to the pandemic, we did not have um, a lot of people who had the ability to work from home. I mean, you might work from home on occasion, but we, we were not a work at home company. And within a two week span, I think we moved from 96% of our employees being on site to like 96% of our employees being at home. The technology team, it was amazing how the technology team really um, acted so quickly and how our employees were so agile and adapted so quickly. And we never expected it to, to, you know, to last as long as it did, but we knew, we knew that we were in this period of uncertainty. And we really, um, really focused, as we always do, on the community of New York life. We, we focused in on our employees. You know, in March, as soon as we went home, we had our uh, first town hall meeting, like within the week with our CEO. It was over the phone, like the tech Zoom wasn't set up yet, right? Like we were, we were still figuring this out. And our, our CEO said, you know, we're here for you. And we're guaranteeing that everyone has a job at New York Life, no matter, we don't know what's going to be happening. We can't predict that. But what we can predict is that you've got job security and we're gonna do everything we can to support you. So that was right. an amazing message to come out like right in the beginning. And then right, the talent team just really, we just pivoted, right? We were ready, we were in the midst of getting ready to launch two of our in-house leadership development programs were there. The orientation was scheduled right when we were moving remotely. So we had to, you know, we knew we couldn't do that immediately. We still intended to do it, but we needed to, to pause. We immediately um, designed new training. We had in April, we launched Leading During Uncertain Times for all of our managers and our leaders to help them understand what do you need to be doing, you know, to um, help support your employees during this time. We um, have had a focus on culture throughout it. We recognized because of the fact that we are so, so relationship oriented, used to being face to face and together, like we had to really think about this a little bit differently. So we, we took a sort of a three prong approach. We thought about how do we support our employees? How do we keep our employees connected? And how do we carry forward our strong traditions? Because as a 177 year old company, we have a lot of traditions that are really a core part of who we are. Yeah, I'm curious how you did that. Yeah, so our support bucket was really about continuing to develop, like continuing our programming that we have and adding to it, right? Thinking about what are the emerging needs? What additional training or support do our employees need? We knew we couldn't just lift and shift certain programs. So our leadership development programs, we've got um, four in-house development programs and we actually we had three and we launched a new one during the pandemic and we um we had to reevaluate how those are delivered they are nine month long experiences they bring people together where you know we knew we couldn't just take what we would do you know in person yep. and just do it over zoom right so we we redesigned all that we and what was a, the big what was the big design pivot what was it was it just okay now it's just going virtual or what, what was it no, a hybrid? no we thought about how like how do you interact you know in how could we have the um the connections made and and the the training done what we were doing over 
like Zoom versus being in person. So there were activities like you need to be together. And how do we then have that experience? We had to change some of the the actual activities that we were doing because they wouldn't really yep. land or be effective, right? We had to think about how we could best tap into um into the virtual environment with like smaller breakout rooms or we needed more facilitators or how to get people to have a big part of these programs are the connections you make and the relationships you build. So how are you doing that when you can't be together for like three days at you know an offsite or a week versus being over a um, video? And so the team did an amazing job really thinking through that. And we had a, the participants had a really incredible experience. Um, so that, you know, that was a challenge. That was a challenge and it took a little time, but we said, we're not going to rush it. We want to make sure we get it right. And then we have a learning exchange platform that any employee can, can go on and do um, learning and development. We've got pathways. You can, you can, you know, serve a particular topic you might be interested in. And we just made sure we were curating that to have the most relevant topics we could have. And that the usage of that shot up like people were were asking us people were coming to us and saying you know i don't want to lose like my development during this period while i'm home like what can i be doing that's that's great because that's that's been a that's been a huge problem of the pandemic and and that that continues to be a hot topic is if if there isn't a balance if people just stay at home they're going to lose you know, the interaction, the management, the people side of things. So great that people recognize that and, and raising their hand to say, hey, I, I don't want to, I don't want to lose my own growth. I want to continue on a growth path. That's excellent. And we had the platforms, right? So that, that we weren't, we were starting from a position of strength with this, where we was were- Was that an LMS? To... Sorry, Kathleen, interrupt. Was yeah. that an, like a learning management system you had or what was mm -hmm. that? What did that look it's, like? Uh, Degreed. Okay. Uh, we work with Degreed. And so it has on it, um, it it's pretty cool. It has There'll be WebExes, there'll be TED Talks, there's articles, there's, um, you know, recaps of books. There's like a whole array of different mediums. And we're able to, we take that and we'll curate and create pathways. So if you wanted to learn, it could be technical. It could be something like learning, um, say, how to, how to analytics, data analytics may be a pathway. Or it could be softer skills like influencing or so it's just a whole array of topics and um, employees have really been um, really tapping into it. And then of course we have our traditional, you know, training classes that are more like an in-person trainer, right. which, you know, we pivoted all of that obviously to digital as well, um, you know, to, to, yeah. So sticking with traditions, you mentioned this earlier, mm -hmm. what was the, what was, Tell us a story of a big tradition that was like, oh my goodness, we always have cocktails on Friday. How are we going to do that? What was the yes. big one that it was like, how do we do this? And, and how did you solve it or what did it look like? Yeah. So, so that was a, yes, that, that's a tricky one, right? Uh, we have a lot of traditions. Uh, the one I'll, I'll talk about is promotion day. So, you know, from, it's hard for me because I've been at New York Life for so long, but I, I don't know of any other company that does it this way. We celebrate our promotions four times a year. And the day of promotion, our CEO sends out uh, an email, an announcement to all employees, listing all of the folks who, who are getting promoted that day. And the person who is promoted, the promotee, comes in, it, the cel it celebrates by hosting employees. So everybody at two o'clock, whole company starts walking around to congratulate the people who were promoted. 
and the person who was promoted brings in like treats. People go all out. They'll they'll bake, you know, their grandmother's special cookie recipe, or they'll go to their favorite, you know, deli and, and like have a big cheese spread, whatever it is, right? There's Ooh, this this is gonna be tough pretty, to continue on during the pandemic. I need to hear where this is going. Exactly. Right. And it is a it is such a celebratory um time and it's there's such energy and excitement and people connection. People connection, exactly. And now the pandemic hits and now we're remote. And so I can't say like, you know, for the first um the first promotion day that rolled around, which would have been in June, you know, it was it was quieter. We we suggested we we sent out the announcement and we told people to make sure you're connecting, like, you know, give a call, do a do a Zoom with a friend. But we knew that wasn't, you know, as as this continued, like we could not let this tradition um, not carry on. So we 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 it's and as I say, you know, the traditions aren't the same; they're different. But it's important that we are continuing them the best way we can continue them while we're remote. So what we ultimately wound up doing is we started this. Um, we started cards. Every everyone who's getting uh, promoted, we now in the announcement we have a link. And you get to a personalized card where the whole company can you can leave a message for the individual. Oh, great. Now, what was very cool about that is that opened it up to everybody at all locations because right. you couldn't with the walking around is great, but you're doing it within the site you're in. So now we've made it more inclusive where we get the whole company able to, you know, congratulate. And yeah, then you found a started, new you found a new opportunity now. We did. We did. And that's been one, you know, benefit of all of this has been the, you know, um, level playing field, no matter where you're located, right? Everybody's like on the same box and everybody's sort of, you know, calling in the same way. But then we also, of course, don't want to lose the, the celebrations. So then we, we, we started hosting local, we do department celebrations. So we would have, you know, videos, Zoom calls to the department, and then each team within the department, they'd be followed by shorter calls, videos with each of the teams so that people can still come together. You can still see each other. You can still do the congratulations. And then we started to send, you know, uh, food is a big part of this, right? And people bringing in their food and we know, you know, they couldn't do that. But what we could do is we could send gift, you know, baskets. So we started, um, people get a choice of different food baskets and that gets sent to the person who is getting promoted right. so that we have some element of like that kind of carrying forward. And That's so great. again, it's not, not the same by any means, but it but there's some better is. aspects. I would challenge that there's some, yeah. you know, the fact yeah. that you can go broader and, and I can now, because I, I, I think I heard that correctly, that I'm in a different office. I couldn't Correct. bring cookies to Sarah. Mm -hmm. Now I can join and live my thoughts yeah. in the cart or send something to their place. Like I can get involved where I couldn't before, right? Correct. Correct. And so that's mm -hmm. something we're continuing, right? We're going right. to that card and, you know, we, we've decided that's now part of our promotion process because we, we love it. Right. It's great for people to be able to um, connect across the whole country. Yeah, that, that's great. Yeah. What a what what a you know, and, and it's a great story because and like everything, there wasn't a light bulb moment switch. We've got the answers. It was clunky. And you guys kind of it sounds like you tried something like that's not where we need to be. We need to push it and push it and push it. And then finally, we've got to a place yeah. where, you know, we're doing the best we can with what we have, but we're doing better than what we had based on what we have as well in some areas. So I love that. That's great.
And, and what does work look like today? Uh, you know, I, I know you and I chatted before. I think it was two to three days a week. What, what does it look like? Yes. So we are, um, we're remote at the moment and we are going back on March 8th and our, we're on a 3-2 schedule for most employees. So folks will work from home on Mondays and Fridays and be in the office on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You know, it's um, my opinion, it really is a little bit of the best of both worlds, because as you just mentioned with the promotion process, right, there was some positive aspects that we gained and we recognize, you know, there's some positive aspects for us to be able to connect uh, virtually across all of our sites and have people uh, interacting over Zoom versus, you know, having meetings in one particular office and people calling in, right? Or there's just different ways, ways people can manage their day differently by being, you know, home versus being in the office. And so we wanted to be able to have the ability to continue that, but really at the core of the company is our relationships and being together. And we are a, you know, we are an in-person company and we thought Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, if we're all together, then we could have the benefit of connecting and collaborating and doing our in-person work on those days. So it gives us the flexibility to have a little bit of the, you know, best of both worlds. And, and I'm sure that was a huge, I'm assuming, maybe I'm wrong, that there was a big debate around that, right? Which days, and is it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Is it, how did you land on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? I kind of, I like it, it makes sense. But for those who are thinking about that right now, what were, how did you decide on that? What, how, did, how, how did you get to that conclusion? Yeah, there was a lot of debate, of course, right? Um, the company's been extremely thoughtful throughout this entire process and keeping employees, you know, top of mind. And really, you know, it could be any combination. What we thought is employees will appreciate having Monday and Friday from home, being at home with the weekend, right? So that way you can really have those, those extra days. And having three days in the office felt good. You know, 40% of the time you're home, 60% you're in the office. It leans into our um, culture of being together. And that's really, you know, how we kind of landed there. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. And Hey, let's be honest. Nobody's working on Fridays anyways. No, <laughs> that's great. So as you reflect back, you know, what could the company have done differently pre pandemic? Where would you invested more in systems processes, communicate? What would it look like if you had to rewind the clock getting ready for today? Yeah. Well, one thing that really stood out was this, inclusion, uh, location inclusion, right? We, um, so what does that mean? Look, so the, the fact that, you know, we have offices in every state and, you know, partly with technology or partly just with the, the way we operate, you know, the experience wasn't always the same. You know, you might be, you might have one person in one office calling into a meeting and, you know, what it's like if everybody in the room is in person and you've got the one person on the phone, the experience is very different. It's harder for that person to, you know, engage. And, and so, and, and even when we, we have seven employee resource groups who do phenomenal programming, phenomenal programming, and even just the technology of being able to broadcast out, we could broadcast out to our sites, but we couldn't get to everyone. And so, so there was a little bit of a difference and we knew, you know, which we were aware of, um, but, but the pandemic really brought that to light because of the fact that, when you switch to virtual, like I said earlier, it's a level playing field. We're all zooming in. We're all 
able to experience it the same way. And so we've learned a lot. And, you know, as best as we can, we want to carry forward and make sure that, you know, our um, we're still thinking about ways that we can be inclusive regardless of where you're located. And part of that is that mon the reason for that Monday, Friday at home where right. we could do like, you know, meetings across, you know, locations on Zoom. And so that's something I think, you know, if I had to wind back the clock, maybe maybe being a little bit more proactive and thinking that through. Um, that That's the big one for me. Mm -hmm. uh, from a technology standpoint, you know, yes, um, I think we were, you know, the, the pandemic brought to light the the ability to work from home. Yeah. You know, and, and there's been a lot of pluses and there's also, you know, challenges with that come with it as well, right? You're not quite as efficient sometimes. The days that could be longer, it could be you, you control know. what's in the home where a person works from, what their environment is. Yeah. Those those have been challenges, right? That's been that's been big challenges for people. That's been big challenges for people, but but I think we also learned a lot about the agility of the workforce, our ability to be able to do it, which has been able to lead us to this decision of having, you know, this environment where people can have both. You know, it's interesting. One of the things we've done, um, we have a very unorthodox culture. We've got unlimited vacation. So it's, it's very, uh, right. It's, it's uh, results based, but I found during the pandemic, um, and this was really a reflection of myself. I've got three young kids under five. And I just thought, you know, I'm working so much right now. And, and it's just family and work. That's all I've got. I have nothing else. No time for me even. And, and I was seeing that with colleagues. And so we implemented uh, what we call life day. So once a month, it's a life day. You just have to take a day off. You book your day and you just, it's go clean your garage, call your grandmother, do whatever you want. Just don't come to work that day. And it's been, it's been a great exercise. Um, I, I, I think, love that. Yeah. I think that's great. I think that's great. You know, um, actually, I was going to ask you with unlimited vacation time, do people take off? Because sometimes that leads to well, people, you know, you know. Yeah, look, great question. And the intent behind it was not to, so someone's going to take two months off. And that's never yeah. happened, actually. And I've been doing this for the company I sold in 2000. I was in the private security space. Uh, I, I did it in that company and started in 2015. It's coming on 10 years. And I've not had anyone do that. I've certainly, again, the intent was that, um, <clears throat> that it would give better balance. You'd still take a week mm -hmm. if you needed a week or your two weeks, but a few things, you know, one, if you needed an hour, go take an hour. If you want to go do right. yoga, go do yoga. It would, that was the intention that you could, mm -hmm. if you wanted to take the afternoon off, go take it, you know, that we would get That's off great. the clock. Right. Mm -hmm. That's and the other great. Thing, yeah. The, the other thing was just the, the, pain in the butt of managing the vacation like who's, who's keeping track of kathleen you've got two days left like who wants that job that's a horrible job right and it was so common practice and there was like what technology to use and i was like let's let's just remove that let's get rid of it that's let's great. hack the yeah. system yeah. So, well it's been yeah. interesting because one of the challenges we had like was encouraging people to take their vacation time especially in mm -hmm. 2020 right like you said it was work and yep. you're like, everybody's, you know, you're working and living and from the same spot, you're, it's all consuming. And, um, you know, it was intense times and, and nothing to do. Right. So there was, it was right, like, things right. are so shut people down. Weren't, yeah, people weren't going to take off not to be able to like go somewhere. Right. And so we did a really big push, really trying to get people, cause you need that, you need that, yeah. you need that mental health break. You mm -hmm. need to have something right. Besides, you know, work, um, you need to be yeah. able to have outlets. And so that's great that you, uh, yeah. I love that. That day a month. That's yeah. Well, well, look, 
let's wrap with this, Kathleen. What have we not talked about? What's something that you've been thinking about or dealing with that we haven't covered off today? We've, we've been through all kinds of topics. What's something that you think would be interesting to the listeners that maybe we haven't covered today? Well, one thing we haven't covered is the, the really the current talent environment, the marketplace, right. right? And that is actually, if you had said to me, if we went back two years ago, right, the beginning of the pandemic, where people were really concerned about you know, what, where this was going to lead in with the economy and the job market. And people were concerned about, you know, having their, their jobs. And now you fast forward two years and it's the hottest job market in probably like, you know, a generation. And it's, it's, we've had other wars for talent, but this is pretty different in the sense that it's um, impacting across, you know, all industries, different, all functions. It's, um, it's been, you know, it's it's a challenging environment, right? People are getting um, poached. People are leapfrogging in terms of you know the funk, the roles that they have. It's yeah. it's you know just a highly competitive marketplace right now. So how do you guys deal with it? Yeah, what's... I know. Well, you know, um, we pride ourselves on being an employer of choice. We really have uh, a lot of efforts that we put around the employee experience and the culture, and it's. The, the thing is being able to, for people to understand that you have to live it a little bit to understand it. Right. So right now, you know, trying to figure out what are ways that we can to job seekers for them to get a sense of what it's like to work at New York life. But you know, you bring up a good point because, you know, and, and this is my thoughts. I'm curious what you think about this, but with all this poaching and, and, and there's a lot of employees chasing money right now, but mm -hmm. I would argue that those chasing money have not had a strong cultural experience. They just haven't had it because I think if you have, you don't worry about that. Now, you know, my own, the private security company I owned, we had guards, 3,500 guards across the country. Once we got our culture right, not before, but once we got it right, you couldn't take an employee for $2 an hour. It just, they wouldn't leave because they couldn't, they couldn't have the same experience, but the competitors were trading back and forth like nobody's business. And so mm -hmm. I always argue with people, like, if you get the culture right, you, you have a better shot at winning. It doesn't mean no, like, okay, someone's going to get a 30% bump and they need it for their family and they make a choice. Fine. But it, it really, it, it, I think it, um, it helps with, with that entire process. What are your thoughts? Oh, I think absolutely. I mean, if you, uh, I think if you don't get the culture right, then you really don't have a chance in this environment, right? It's like, you're, you're really you're, going to be. Your company's been commoditized then, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, it really is important. And so I'm not saying that, like, we don't have our challenges. We do, but I, they're not like they are um, compared to other companies or what I've been reading and, and hearing, you know, my peers. Well, from what I'm, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. from what I'm hearing, it can't be. You've been there for 27 yeah, exactly. and change years. Like, like you, like you've been able to do. I've gone yeah. to, I've gone to at least five 50th anniversary parties at the company. Wow. So, there's a so lot. that's a real, that's a real testament. Yeah. 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 Good, and then the luck. other thing that's a testament is you see generationally, we have a lot of, we have people who have had their, their grandparents, their parents, the, you wow. know, the kids are working. I now work with um, some of my colleagues I've met when they came to take your son and daughter to work day. And they're wow. now you know, colleagues I'm working with. Right. So, I guess at 176 years in a company that has yeah. a strong culture like that, you're going to see that if you're getting it right. Yeah. That's excellent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
Well, Kathleen, look, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I, I um, thanks for your time today. I was, I was curious on the story, and I'm really impressed by hearing what you guys are up to over there. Oh, thanks very much, Ron. It was really a pleasure speaking with you, and sounds like you're doing great work too. And I appreciate yeah. that you have these forums to be able to, uh, you know, talk about it. Yeah, look, I, I was, I always say, you know, I'm really blessed to have this podcast because not only do I get to build new relationships, you know, if you can imagine, mm-hmm. Kathleen, we'd meet at a conference and maybe we'd say hi over lunch and I'd say you need right. one, you'd be too busy to talk to me or vice versa. You know, you get to really build relationships and selfishly, I get to learn so much, you know, uh, so getting to talk to, you know, the best and brightest like yourself and, and really learn. So thank you for your time. Well, thanks very much. This was great. For more information about Kathleen, please follow her on LinkedIn. To learn more or purchase the Scaling Culture Masterclass online course, please go to scalingculture.org. And if you're enjoying the Scaling Culture podcast, please subscribe and share. We'll be back soon with another incredible guest.